Chapter Twenty Six of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter Twenty Six, The Ambassador. On the evening of the next day, a travelling carriage passed through the Barrière d'Enfer, so covered with dust and scratches that no one could discern the arms. The four horses that drew it went at a rapid pace, until it arrived before an hotel of handsome appearance in the Rue de la Jussienne, at the door of which two men, one of whom was in full dress, were waiting. The carriage entered the courtyard of the hotel, and one of the persons waiting approached the door, and commenced speaking in bad Portuguese. "'Who are you?' said a voice from the inside, speaking the language perfectly. "'The unworthy Chancellor of the Embassy, Your Excellency. Very well, mon Dieu, how badly you speak our language, my dear Chancellor. But where are we to go?' "'This way, Monseigneur.' This is a poor reception, said Don Manuel, as he got out of the carriage leaning on the arms of his secretary and valet. Your Excellency must pardon me, said the Chancellor, but the courier announcing your arrival only reached the hotel at two o'clock today. I was absent on some business, and when I returned, found Your Excellency's letter. I have only had time to have the rooms opened and lighted. Very good. It gives me great pleasure to see the illustrious person of our ambassador. We desire to keep as quiet as possible, said Don Manuel, until we receive further orders from Lisbon. But pray show me to my room, for I am dying with fatigue. My secretary will give you all necessary directions. The Chancellor bowed respectfully to Beausire, who returned it, and then said, We will speak French, sir. I think it will be better for both of us. Yes, murmured the Chancellor. I shall be more at my ease, for I confess that my pronunciation— So I hear, interrupted Beausire. I will take the liberty to say to you, sir, as you seem so amiable, that I trust Monsieur de Souza will not be annoyed at my speaking such bad Portuguese. Oh, not at all, as you speak French. French, cried the Chancellor. I was born in the Rue Saint-Honoré. Oh, that will do, said Beausire. Your name is Ducourneau, is it not? Yes, monsieur. Rather a lucky one, as it has a Spanish termination. It is very flattering to me that monsieur knew my name. Oh, you are well known so well that we did not bring a chancellor from Lisbon with us. I am very grateful, monsieur, but I think monsieur de Souza is ringing. Let us go and see. They found Manuel attired in a magnificent dressing-gown. Several boxes and dressing-cases, of rich appearance, were already unpacked and lying about. Enter, said he to the chancellor. Will his excellency be angry if I answer in French? said du Corneau, in a low voice to Beausire. Oh, no, I am sure of it. Monsieur du Corneau, therefore, paid the compliments in French. Oh, it is very convenient that you speak French so well, Monsieur du Corneau, said the ambassador. He takes me for a Portuguese, thought the Chancellor with joy. Now, said Manuel, can I have supper? Certainly, Your Excellency. The Palais Royal is only two steps from here, and I know an excellent restaurant from which Your Excellency can have a good supper in a very short time. Order it in your own name, if you please, Monsieur du Corneau. And if your excellency will permit me, I will add to it some bottles of capital wine. Oh, our chancellor keeps a good cellar, then, said Beausire, jokingly. It is my only luxury, replied he, and now by the waxlights they could remark his rather red nose and puffed cheeks. Very well, Monsieur du Corneau, bring your wine and sup with us. Such an honor. Oh, no etiquette tonight. I am only a traveler. I shall not begin to be ambassador until tomorrow. Then we will talk of business. Monsieur will permit me to arrange my toilette. Oh, you are superb already, said Beausire. Yes, but this is a reception dress, and not a gala one. Remain as you are, monsieur, and give the time to expediting our supper. Ducourneau, delighted, 
and left the room to fulfil his orders. Then the three rogues left together began to discuss their affairs. "'Does this Chancellor sleep here?' said Manuel. "'No, the fellow has a good cellar, and, I doubt not, a snug lodging, somewhere or other. He is an old bachelor. There is a Suisse. We must get rid of him, and there are a few valets whom we must replace to-morrow with our own friends. Who is in the kitchen department?' no one the old ambassador did not live here he had a house in the town what about the strong-box oh on that point we must consult the chancellor it is a delicate matter i charge myself with it said beausire we are already capital friends hush here he comes ducarnot entered quite out of breath he had ordered the supper and fetched six bottles of wine from his cellar and was looking quite radiant at the thoughts of the coming repast will your excellency descend to the dining-room no we will sup up here here is the wine then said ducourneau it sparkles like rubies said beausire holding it to the light sit down monsieur ducourneau my valley will wait upon us what day did the last dispatches arrive immediately after the departure of your excellency's predecessor are the affairs of the embassy in good order yes monseigneur no money difficulties no debts not that i know of because if there are we must begin by paying them Oh, your excellency will have nothing of that sort to do. All the accounts were paid up three weeks ago, and the day after the departure of the late ambassador one hundred thousand francs arrived here. One hundred thousand francs, said Beausire. Yes, in gold. So, said Beausire, the box contains one hundred thousand three hundred and eighty francs, monsieur. It is not much, said Manuel coldly, but happily her majesty has placed funds at my disposal. I told you, continued he, turning to Beausire, that I thought we should need it at Paris. Your Excellency took wise precautions, said Beausire, respectfully. From the time of this important communication, the hilarity of the party went on increasing. A good supper, consisting of salmon, crabs, and sweets, contributed to their satisfaction. Ducourneau, quite at his ease, ate enough for ten, and did not fail either in demonstrating that a Parisian could do honour to port and sherry. End of chapter 26